Let's open the word of the Lord to the book of John, Gospel of John. Gospel of John, verse 11. The shepherd. John chapter 10. Thank you, I'm sorry. Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11. I'm going to read from verses 11. Um, we're going to go to verse 16. Uh, the word of the Lord reads as follows. I am the good shepherd. And that's Jesus speaking. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and he doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Them I must also bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I love that he mentions there that there, was a, there were other sheep that he has which are not of that fold. Yeah. That's us. Amen. That's this generation. Amen. So he saw us when he was talking, when he was sharing that revelation about the good shepherd. So Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for your love and your grace for us. Uh, your tender mercy, uh, which is brand new every morning. Father, thank you. As we get ready to hear your word and discuss and share your word, I pray, uh, dear Heavenly Father, that your presence and your grace and your anointing and your wisdom would flow. I pray, think through my mind, speak through my lips, um, speak to your people, Lord. Reveal to your people your truths uh, which are contained in your word. We'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Um, David... Many refer to him as King David, um, was the beloved of God. He had a heart after God. And in his early life, he shepherded his father's sheep. So he had many experiences. Um, and he was pretty much a pro in that area. He knew all about shepherding. And he penned uh, one of his psalms, uh, the theme being the shepherd. And as he was a shepherd, he said, you know, the same way I take care of my sheep, Almighty God, the Lord, is my shepherd. And it's interesting to note, if you consider what a shepherd does for sheep. Sheep are simple animals. They're, they're not uh, angry animals. They don't go out and kill other animals. They like to graze anywhere and everywhere. Uh, sheep, um, they obviously give us wool, um, uh, so they, they have great worth, they have great value. But they're defenseless, so they need the shepherd. And that unique relationship allows the sheep to go out and enjoy the pastures and not have to worry about anything. It's a lot of things that a sheep has to worry about, because just the environment itself. When they go out to graze, they don't know the difference between uh, healthy uh, grass 
or a, a type of flower that will kill them. That's poisonous. But they don't care about that. They don't worry about anything. They'll eat anything, everything. They'll drink water in a clean river or in a dirty cesspool. They just don't care. They don't think about these things. So um, what the shepherd does is the shepherd plans beforehand where he's going to take the sheep. Sometimes he takes weeks or months in preparing the terrain so that when he finally gets the sheep to that region, uh, they can go and not worry and do what they do. And that is graze. They'll graze anywhere. They don't care. But the shepherd, on the other hand, who has the revelation of the terrain, who has the revelation of the, the foliage, uh, he knows that they're going to go in there and eat everything. So beforehand, he'll go in, remove all the poison, the toxic plants and shrubs. He'll go and dry walk all the land first. He'll go and see if there are water uh, pools, and he'll look at it. If there's anything dirty that could contaminate the water, he'll clean it beforehand. He'll go upstream and he'll put rocks so that when the stream goes by in that area where he's going to take them, it'll be nice and calm. Because another problem about sheep is especially as they start developing their coat, um, if water gets on it, they get very heavy. And, and once it, it gets to a certain weight, they can't walk anymore. They'll fall down and fall back. And that's called a cast sheep. When the sheep is, is, is on its back and, and can't do anything. And, and all the sheep could do is wait for the shepherd to, you know, bring them back and dry them or whatever. And another thing um, shepherds do is shepherds protect. Uh, shepherds, um, they walk around with two very important tools. They'll never be without these tools. One is a rod and one is a staff. And they, it's, it's almost like ninja has nunchucks and the, the, those darts and all those other things that they throw. Well, um, these shepherds, would, they became very versed in using their rod. Uh, they, if they would see an animal, they would actually know how to throw the rod and hit the animal. They were, they were amazing with this rod. Play games with that thing. So uh, shepherds, they had uh, uh, a lot of training. Uh, usually uh, the father shepherds would take the boys uh, with them early on. And they would learn to help to shepherd uh, the, the sheep along with, with uh, dad. And then, of course, they had, um, and still to this day, you can see that they have dogs, uh, shepherd dogs that help them to, to help, not just to corral uh, the sheep, to but to protect the sheep. Because once again, the sheep will go out there, bah, all right, where am I going? They don't care. They'll go this way. They'll go that way. They'll get lost. You know, they'll see a dirty cesspool, drink from it. So uh, the shepherd has to go, no, not that way. He'll take his staff and pull them in. Uh, and, and just keep them in place. Or if not, he'll call a uh, you know, tiger or he'll call a, uh, uh, I don't know, what do you call a German shepherd? <laughs> you know, a king or something like A king gets his guy. You know? you know, but the, the beauty about it is there's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of forethought in taking care of the sheep. So David, in, in his thinking of, of, of Almighty God and his relationship with him, he says, you know, you're a shepherd to me. What I do in micro form with these beautiful animals you do in macro form to me and to all of Israel. So he, he starts, if, if you open the word of God to um, uh, Psalms chapter 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he says, I shall not want. The reason why he said I shall not want is because he understands his relationship with the sheep. The sheep don't even think twice. All they do is look around, oh, shepherd's there, I shall not want. I know he's going to bring me to that beautiful field he brought me to last time. Although I hated when he had to take me to the upper. You know, not only 
do you, do you have to bring sheep to fields? But sometimes, depending on the weather, in the lowest sections, there's no more grazing. Because either the animals already took care of it, or maybe got a dry, and of course it dries up. There are times we have to t he has to take them through the valley, and then he has to take them to an ascent to the mountainous, mountainous areas. And the mountainous areas still have enough dew and still have enough, you know, because of the clouds. They still have enough provision for these precious sheep. And once again, he has to walk that first and foremost before he brings the sheep. In many cases, he'll see jagged rocks. He'll see dangerous terrain. He says, okay, I can't go this way because my sheep might get cut. Or they might fall. Once they fall, that's it. They'll just roll down. They don't, you know, they can't, they, they don't do what we do. Although we're the same way. If we fall down, there's nothing we can do. But he'll try to avoid those places. Uh, and, and then he'll take them, come on, come on with me, come on. And they hear his voice, they follow him, and they're able to go through these paths. It's not pleasurable for them because it's different terrain. There are a lot of rocks there. Sometimes they get cut. And, and, and in th those cases, if a sheep gets cut, in the evening time, the shepherd, when he passes them under his rod, go one by one, he looks at them, he investigates, he makes sure they're not cut, he makes sure there's no parasites on them. So there's a lot to this shepherding thing. But what, what got me was when uh, David says, Lord, you're my shepherd. And so I open up with that. The Lord is my shepherd. And in the New Testament, Jesus confirmed that. I am the shepherd. But he didn't say, I am the shepherd. What did he say? He said, I'm the good shepherd. In other words, I'm a shepherd that does what he's supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do for my sheep. I know my sheep one by one by one. Every successful shepherd, what they do is that they personally go through and they dissect uh, every single sheep's life history, their experiences, their uniqueness, their disadvantages, maybe if they have one foot that doesn't work as well as the other. They know their sheep like you and I know each other. You know, I, I can go and see, oh, you, that, that, yep, yep, I know you, I know individual, I know you. That's how they know the sheep. I don't know what they call their sheep. Oh, that, that's, that's, you know, I, I don't know. I won't even know what to call a sheep. They have names for all the sheep. They have a, 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 a language. They, there's a way that they call to the sheep that that specific sheep will come to shepherd. So God says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and they know me. You see? So the beautiful thing about this is that David is in his experience, he said, God, you're doing what I do in a macro form. When a bear would come, when a lion would come, immediately shepherd got into action. And he would take his rod out. He says, it's either you or me. You're not getting over here. These are my sheep. They're my dad's sheep. And you're not going to pass that. You're not going to pass this area. I'd be the door. And I'm the one that's going to allow who I want to allow to this terrain. And you're not coming in. You're my enemy. And he would fight them. And later on, he manifested or he revealed when he was talking to the king. He was saying, king, you don't understand. This Goliath is nobody. So in the field, God gave me the strength, the wisdom, and the ability to defeat bears and lions. So this one, this will be another uncircumcised person. That just, you know, my, my God will put his head in my hand today. Amen. So he Amen. knew this. That there was a special relationship that he had with his sheep. But there's also, as a sheep himself, he had a special relationship with his heavenly shepherd. Amen. So the other thing I wanted to say is that Jesus is the shepherd. 
there are no more lead shepherds. There's only one lead shepherd. Mm-hmm. Amen. I don't care how big and bad we think we are. Today we have more titles than you could fit a page. You, you, got, you got reverend, apostle, you know, pastor, you know, D, what, DDs and minister evangelist. I got some guys that, man, I says, you really, really, really? You, you think you need to fill the page with all that? I, I, I am, I am, I've gotten so tired of that. I know that there's a place for it, but I've gotten so tired for it. I don't even want to hear it anymore. I don't, do you feel the way I feel? I've gotten so Amen. tired of it that I just want to serve God's people. Amen. And, and, Amen. and frankly, they call us pastor, but the, the word is more clearly under shepherd in scripture. Yes. We are co-shepherds with the primary shepherd, Amen. but actually our shepherd is almighty God. Amen. You see? And, and so our Lord is our shepherd we shall not want. So as an under-shepherd, I feel comfortable because I know he's the boss. He's the chief. He's the one that gives us the wisdom as to how to be able to co-shepherd God's people. But the bottom line is he's the one that's going to take care of all of us. Because even though we help to shepherd others or or bless others, bottom line is he shepherds all of us. And in the way David took care of his sheep, the Lord Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I take care of my sheep. So what does that mean? He protects us. He provides for us. He goes beforehand and he seeks out the terrain that's best for us. He has continual daily bread for us. Say with me, daily bread. bread. See, what we fail to understand is that God is so invested and involved in our lives that he takes care of us on a daily basis. David also said, you are my shepherd. So that was a personal relationship. Yes, he's the macro shepherd of all, but he's my shepherd. And Jesus says, I never leave you. I never forsake you. I'm always with you. See, sheep could not go out to the field without the shepherd. The shepherd always had to be present. Amen. When he would reach the field, the shepherd would sit down. But he'd watch. He'd always be looking. Always be looking. And they're out there. They were having a great time. The shepherd's looking. You know, he'd always be watching. Because he knew there were always things that can torment, hurt, or kill the sheep. On one occasion, uh, um, David, in, in the revelation of that psalm, he said, you know, you're the one that sets a table in the presence of enemies. That's an amazing thing to consider. Because sheep had a lot of enemies. What are some of the enemies you think sheep, or, sheep might have? Wolves, because it says it in Scripture. What else? Lions, mountain lions, what else? Huh? Yes, yes, uh, cougars, cougars also. Um, today they've changed the, 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 the reason for that word, but in reality, still a, uh, cougars do still exist out in the country, and they're very dangerous. See what I mean? <laughs> Words change, you know, from decade and to, to, to decade. But the truth of the matter is one of the enemies of the sheep. But what about the other enemies that you can't see with the naked eye? Exactly right. They had so many parasites that they, they had to deal with, and sheep could not deal with these parasites. They, there was something called the nose fly. The nose fly was a little insect that would get in the nose and go up to the brain and start eating away. 
at the material in the brain. And after a while, it would itch and it would drive him crazy. And uh, what will happen is if that's not taken care of, they would start hitting their head against rock until they kill themselves. So that's a very devastating enemy. What about the scab? There, there's something called a scab. It gets on the skin, um, and it's another parasite. So what happens is as they're grazing together, as they hit each other with their heads, uh, that scab gets transferred. So thank God for the shepherd. Because the shepherd, what he would do is he would create a little pool of a certain type of oil. And this oil was a repellent. He would literally dip each sheep in the oil, bathe them with the oil, and that would heal uh, them from that uh, particular parasite. In other occasions, he would anoint their face with that oil so these nose flies and other creatures could not get on them. It would repel them. So masterful. It's absolutely masterful. Lots of enemies. The wolf. The wolf, yeah. Well, we mentioned... No, no, no. What's what about they the wolf? Have to, um, what is it? Razor the wolf. Is that Give her the mic. Let her finish the message. <laughs> That's it. You, you're on my next point. <laughs> Absolutely right. But before we get there, before we get to this wolf thing, you, you stepped all over my message, of course. But before we get to there, they could not see these particular little critters because of the wolf, right? So as they're passing under the rod every night, he would go to him, stop, stop, stop. And he'd look, he'd look, check the eyes, the nose, and he would check every single day. That's what God does with us every single day. The Lord is my shepherd. And he says in the prayer, he says, give us this day our daily bread. That daily bread thing means that there's a relationship with God each and every day. Yes. And then he's looking out for us every, every day. Did I say that he's proactive? Did I say that he's proactive? That he goes before us and prepares the terrain for us? He goes before us and he looks at us. And he, he, he looks to see what enemy is in the way, what enemy is on the way. Another thing about these poor sheep, they go and they eat anything. What's another enemy as they're eating? Hmm? Exactly, poisonous plants. So by the time the sheep got there and they drank, drank at the little pool, the pool was clean sanitized and ready for the use of the sheep. But who made that happen? It was shepherd. Yeah. You see my point? Who, who, who made sure that there were no weeds, poisonous weeds? It was shepherd. So the, the sheep says, listen, the Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm at peace. Amen. I'm going to go out there with my buddies here, and we're going to graze. I'm going to have a good old time. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh, oh. And he just had a wonderful time. He had no worry, no concern. Why? Because shepherd was there. Praise God. So let's, let's open the word of the Lord a moment to uh, Psalms 23. Let's just read it. We'll read that verse. Psalms I read from the New King James. Let's all read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Praise God. So the first thing I wanted uh, to say is, is I wanted to make that correlation uh, between David and Almighty God being the central chief shepherd. So can you say that with me? My God, my God is, my shepherd. is my shepherd. See, we need to shift our philosophy, our, our belief system from trusting in man to trusting in God. Amen. Too many of us worship men. When I say men, I say mankind, by the way. Just let me, let me clarify that. Because we worship men and we worship women. But the bottom line is we all fall short of that calling. We as under-shepherds, including myself, I can do only but so much. I've been personally frustrated many times uh, by things I've heard uh, about the lack of ability that I have as a shepherd in specific occasions. Failures that I have accomplished. Frustrated, get upset. I've also gone through a lot of guilt because of that. On my per in my personal life. My wife has been a, a, a pearl to me. She has helped me on many occasions when I have felt defeated, when I have felt that I have failed God's people. But with the revelation that Almighty God is the chief shepherd, that gives me a reprieve. It, it gives me relief. Amen. It, it, it gives me healing in that area where I don't no longer have to think that I have to satisfy all of your needs. Because the bottom line is I can't. I have a hard time satisfying all of my wife's needs. She has too many needs for me. <laughs> I'll tell you, let me tell you. She's, I want this, I want this, I want to do that, I want this, everything. And, sh and she's clear about it. But the beautiful thing about it is we have a lifelong journey. So year after year, I, do, I handle one, 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 one. And, and after a while, I start accumulating some serious points. <laughs> you see? But that's just one person. That's just one person. And one person said it this way, and it really, bam, it hit me hard. Because I, I, I was raised in the old school. I'm in my mid-50s, so I, I, I was able to learn how my fathers, my spiritual fathers, used to do it. And that is, they used to do everything. Preach every message. Sing every song. Teach everything that could be taught. Drive them to the church in the morning. I remember, they used to have to make the rounds. And pick up everybody. And people say, yeah, I'm always at church. Yeah, but you never go if they don't pick you up. Right? And if they got sick, they had to visit every single one in the hospital. And if they died, they performed all the funeral you know, messages. And when they got married, of course, obviously, you got to perform the wedding ceremony. And to present the children, of course, you have to present all the children. My God, that, you have to have a PhD for that. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, 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 even in that particular philosophy, inculcated in that philosophy is a sense of failure, defeat, and a sense that you can't get it all done no matter how hard you try. And then humans don't understand, humans, uh, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. Many of the sheep don't understand that one man cannot possibly fulfill all the needs of congregations. 
We were never made that way. And you know, in the Old Testament, when Moses was leading 2.5 plus million people, everybody was frustrated because he would sit in his chair and a line would form miles long of people that needed to see the man of God. And he, of course, would share uh, with their issues, their problems, and he'd give them uh, a response as he heard from the Lord. But I mean, how long does it take to hear from the Lord? Some of you, when you, 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 you have a problem, you, you, you need at least half an hour to share your problem. Thank you for that one amen. <laughs> and it's true. You need to share. You need to take time. So mile wide, or rather mile long of people wanting to share their problem. You think uh, most of them have a problem. Heal me. Okay. No, it's not the way it is. They would have to sit down and talk with them. So one day, the father-in-law comes up to him and says, Moses, what you're doing is wrong. Uh, what are you talking about? Well... Simple as this. Why don't you get 70 leaders and you anoint them and let them handle these daily things? And you handle the real difficult cases. God will be with you if you do that. And you know what I love about it? God honored that bit of advice. And so he set 70 people and they managed the daily issues. And guess what? People started getting taken care of. When everybody stopped depending, no, it has to be him. It has to be him. It has to be the pastor. If the pastor doesn't visit me, I'm never going back to the church. If the pastor doesn't call me, that's it. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever said that? (laughs) The truth of the matter is we're learning. We're learning that he's the shepherd. We're under shepherds. And so, in other words, Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. We have the Holy Spirit with measure. We're gifted in one or two, maybe three things. But we can't do it all. But we don't have to worry about it because our heavenly shepherd is with us each and every day. See, so that gave me a sense of healing. That even though um, I go to my pastor, because I have a pastor too, and he doesn't pick up the phone. Let me tell you, sometimes I call my pastor four or five times, and he won't call me back. And, and in my early days, that used to frustrate me a lot. I said, wow, you know, this guy, man. <laughs> just let, letting you in my head a bit. This guy, what is it? Just doesn't care? No, he just had so many things to do. He was overwhelmed, and it didn't mean it. it just, but now I'm all right, and I just, what I do is I'll, I'll just go show up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing, Pastor? He said, oh, hi. Oh, excuse me. We'll be, and then, you know, I'll just, sometimes you just have to do that. And I can do that because I'm a spiritual son. So yeah, I go into my house and that's it. You got you to take care of me, right? But the truth of the matter is, is I don't have to worry because God is with me whether he calls me back or not. He's still with me. Amen. My Amen. heavenly father, my shepherd is with me Amen. all day long. He promised me. And then he says, Pray and ask me for daily provision. So there's that relationship that I don't need to come to church on Sunday to ask him for seven days worth of stuff. Monday, I ask him for Monday stuff. Tuesday, I, I, I cry out to him for Tuesday stuff. So there's wisdom that he asks for you on Wednesday. There's a word of knowledge that he asks for you on Thursday. There's a word of wisdom he asks for you on Friday. Praise God. There's some mercy and, 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 and goodwill for you on Saturday. Amen. There's divine connections that he has for you. Uh, you know, sometime during the week, when we have that daily relationship with our shepherd, he will lead us to the proper places where we could drink from, where we could eat from. Amen? Amen. He'll keep us in a fellowship that would be healthy for us. Praise God. When the enemy comes, he takes care of them before I even see what's going on. 
Sometimes by the time I get up and, and I say, oh, there's a problem coming in the name of Jesus. You're going to stop. You're, you're not stepping. Hey, hey Father. And Father said, I already took care of that. I already took care of that. Don't worry about it. Just you, you go ahead and grace. You go ahead and have a peaceful day. See, but my relationship with Heavenly Father allows me a certain level of comfort, a certain level of confidence that I have, even though things are going awry, even though things are, are difficult. You know, when, they are, when the shepherd is taking them through different terrains, especially in the, in the Orient, especially in the Palestinian areas, it could be sunny one moment and suddenly, boom, a storm shows up. Suddenly. I mean, a nasty storm would just suddenly show up and the sheep would look and they see the storm and they would tend to get afraid but they would look at shepherd still sitting with his rod and his staff and they go okay we'll just continue to eat we'll continue to do what we need to do then the, the cloud passes and everything's okay again so we need to learn how to address this issue of concern and worry what did jesus say about worry Well, specifically, what did he tell us about worry? Don't. Exactly, don't. That's it. That's it. There you go. Don't go any further than that. Don't worry. So how many of you, by worrying, could add a measure of size to yourself? You can't do anything about it. Worry, what it does, it creates ghosts and impressions where your body's freaking out, and meanwhile, nothing's happening. A lot of the stress that we experience is really perceived stress. It's not real stress. Because in reality, many of the things we think will happen never actually happen. And that's what happens with storms. We look at the storm. It looks ominous. Look at those clouds. Oh, my God. It could take everything away. Uh, some storms do come and take things away, but most of them don't. They just look nasty, look horrible. You know, and they pass by. So we need to learn not to worry during life's circumstances because if we get into worry, we get out of faith. We get out of confidence. And a sheep that got out of confidence started uh, getting worried and it would want to tend to run. And sheep that run are very dangerous to themselves because they run off. They don't know where they're going. That's the way many of we are. We'll, we'll go, we'll walk. We don't know where we're going. By the time we realize, where in the world am I? But that's what happens to sheep. If they get worried, they won't eat. If they get worried, they won't lay down and rest. If they get worried, they will just run away. And so what does shepherd do? Shepherd has an answer for that. You know what he does? He put bells on them. When, when sheep are laying down, you should not be hearing bells. If you hear that means one is in worry, one is, uh, you know, something's happening, but he's not, or she's not, or whatever it may be, not resting the way they should be. So he hears that, uh, he sends one of his dogs after them, brings them back in. Sometimes the dog has to bite them in the leg. Bam, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> Goes back. And sometimes we get worried, we tend, we, go, we start freaking out, and God has to bite you. Or send a circumstance after you to bite you. But it's not a bite that would draw blood. It's just a bite that, uh, you're going the wrong way. Come back. That's not the place of blessing. You know what's out there? The wolf is out there. The animals, the eagles. That's another enemy, by the way, the sheep. 
Some eagles are so powerful, they can actually grab onto the smaller ones, lift them up, and take them to their lair. Yeah, yeah. But, but the shepherd won't allow that, you see. So the Lord is my shepherd. That's an amazing concept. And we have to get back to that because uh, many Christians, people that believe in God, we've got so caught up with the world system. And we're no longer thinking biblically. We are now thinking worldly. And, and when we say that uh, in a historical concept, you worldly man, you means that you're full of vice and you're, you're drinking and, and you're doing all that crazy stuff. No, no. When we start thinking worldly, we're not thinking as a sheep in relationship to the shepherd. You're not thinking. You're just going out there and you're disconnecting yourself from that very protection. So what happens is our thinking causes us to worry. Our thinking causes us to never be satisfied. I want more. I know I should be content because I have a roof over my head. I have health in my body. I have opportunities. But yet I'm always wanting more. I'm always wanting more. And the spirit of this world is, I want more. I'm never satisfied. There's a greed factor that's connected with much of Hollywood, with, with much of daily life. I made a joke earlier, the $99 suit, right? I really don't remember how much it costs. But what if, what if it is $90? What do you care? Right, exactly. You didn't pay for it. But the point is, many times we worry about that. I don't want to wear this. This is I, I just I, I want, you know, boss stuff. Hugo, Hugo boss. That's what I want. I only want Hugo boss stuff. You know, and, and of course, all the stuff that, you, especially you ladies, man. You ladies, you outdo us guys for the most part. Because you have a lot more fancy stuff. I have like one pair of shoes. My wife might like, have like 12 of them, you know? Yeah, you know, but you know, when you get so caught up with that, it's no longer, you know, let me have a couple of good things for, now it's, I gotta have more, I gotta have more. You're, you're thinking like the world. There's a greed factor. And this fact of mine, the day I hit that lot, old man, I'm not going to have any more problems. God says, give me this day my daily bread. So he's taking care of us every day. Amen. But for us, that's not enough anymore. I need lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Just the other day, Minister McDalia, my wife is watching something called HGTV. Yeah. <laughs> and there's something where, I think, house hunters. Oh, and um, there was these guys, that, well, the husband and a wife, and, they're, and, you know, they're going into these multi-million dollar homes. They're looking, ah, too small. Ah, I don't like the paintwork. I don't like the floors. Meanwhile, I'm saying, yo, give it to me. I will take that in a heartbeat. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? I could put my bedroom in there. I could put my living room in there. Just in the bedroom. Put big TV there. I could put my whole my, my three kids and my grandkids in the bedroom. It's so large. <laughs> but yet it's not enough. We want more. We want more. We want more. That's the spirit of this age. And the problem is you'll never be satisfied. Because it has nothing to do with your needs being met, because your need, needs are being met. 
It has to do with a philosophy of destruction. Because if I can't be satisfied, I'll always be frustrated. I'll always be angry. I'll always be demanding more. I'll never be content. And the body is, is, is meant to be its most creative when we're content, when we're in peace. When we're in peace, creative, creativity flows. If we're in a place in our job where our boss appreciates us, you know, we, we get the right salary, you know, we're, we're happy. I mean, it's flowing. You don't even think. It just flows out. When you're tense or when you're under pressure, many times your creative uh, um, aptitude shuts down. But it has to do with this, this system of the world thing. Right now in work, I, I don't know if, 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 if it's just me, but hasn't this beautiful privilege of technology gotten us to the point where it's driving us crazy? I mean, I, I, can't, I, I can't get enough time for it. I, I, just this week, I had to get new certificates because the law has changed. So things that I already passed, things that I now possess, are useless. Now I had to update. I had to study like an animal. I had to give a class in the union. I, I had probably like 300 emails, probably 75 phone calls. That I had to, I, I, I don't know what to do. It's too much. So the technology makes it more efficient to get information out there, but it's driving employees crazy because now there's much more of a demand. And then if you have a job like mine, I can't just delegate some of my stuff. I have to do them myself. I have to do reports. I, 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 I work for a board of directors, so all of them are active right now, and they're all in their creative phase. Because <sighs> they all want stuff because they want to go to the table in their monthly board meeting and say, yeah, I took care of this. But behind the scene, the, the rest of the board don't see that they call me to take care of all of it and plant it in their pretty little hands so they could present it as their project. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One of these days, I'm going to show up to the board meeting and go, Todos ustedes se pueden ir a freír papa. All of you go fry some potatoes and get out of here. That's it. <laughs> You're liars, liars. <laughs> Yeah, it gets frustrating sometimes. But I have to vent somewhere. <laughs> so I've come to realize when I see this, this beautiful verse where, where David is saying, you know, Almighty God, what I do for all these sheep, and, and many times I don't get the appreciation because they're there doing their stuff. They're happy. So I have to realize that my appreciation is seeing them happy, seeing them taken care of. And to a great extent, Father, I as a sheep, sometimes I don't thank you. Sometimes I'm not appreciative. Sometimes I find my watering hole and I'm drinking. I don't even think the fact that you prepared that for me. I go to my stream and the stream is nice and quiet. It's not, you know, uh, uh, going all over the place, going crazy. And meanwhile, I could drink and I don't turn around and say, God, thank you. See, so in, in closing, in today's thought for you is why are we... So unthankful. When Almighty God has gone before us yes. and prepared the terrain. Yes. Yes. If it were not for Him, we wouldn't be alive today. Yes. He has done so much for us, things that we haven't even seen, things that we don't understand, He has done and continues to do on a daily basis for us. On a daily basis, He watches over us and protects us from structures, from people, from things. 
or will give us wisdom to avoid certain paths, prepares terrain for us, make sure there's provision for us, make sure we have the necessary disciplines as we get into his word, his disciplines set in our hearts. And by the very nature of our relationship with him, we avoid crazy things. If it were not for God's word, for his grace at age 15, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have been alive too much longer because I was already starting to get involved with the wrong crowd. I was almost murdered. And just suddenly, they just stopped. In the process of almost murdering, they just stopped and walked away from me. It's a, it's a horrible world sometimes when you look at the potential evil that's out there. Yes. Terrible thing. So I'm alive. I said, well, God, thank you for this day. And thank you for eternity because when, when, when we're not here anymore, we're with him. We're, we're in his presence. But Lord, thank you for today, for all that you've done for me today. Thank you for the food. Thank you for my friends, for my family. Thank you for divine provision. Thank you, Lord God, for wisdom. Thank you for strength. Every day I ask him for my daily bread. And my daily bread consists of, of obviously, the physical. I, I need food. Uh, my family needs food. But I also ask him for intangibles, like confidence, like wisdom. Give me strength. I, you know what I've been asking God lately? I've been asking God to amplify me, to, to, to expand me. Because I realize that there are certain limits that I currently have in my thinking, in my way of thinking, my way of addressing life. So expand me, Lord. I could understand concepts better. You know, I ask him to expand me as to how to take care of my body. Expand me is how I, how I interact with others. And sometimes I'm very myopic. I don't see here. I don't see there. So sometimes I talk and share or maybe act in ways that maybe I'm hurting somebody. I don't even know it. I'm, I'm oblivious to it. So, but God, expand me so I could see that. So maybe before I actually offend, maybe I won't have to because now I'll see, oh, no, no, that won't be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I do that. I mean, years ago, probably I shared this with you, but I'll share it for those of you that weren't there that day. Um, I was saying, I was saying something like this, and I said to the congregation, "If I've offended any of you, I'm sorry. You know, if I've done," he said, "Yeah, you offended me." <laughs> First, I actually, she raised up her hand and said, "You offended me." I went, "Oh, okay. I guess then we gotta talk. <laughs> like, not this very moment. <laughs> Let me finish at least the message, but then we'll talk." Her, her issue was that uh, it was a particular day that uh, maybe I didn't shake her hand. It was not a major thing, but she had been carrying that for like six months. And for her, it was a very important issue. So I, I apologize. It was important for her, then it's important for me too. But my other point was, it says, if you don't talk to me, how am I going to know about it? Because, yeah, because some people think that, that, that others, we have like this thing where we can actually read your mind. <laughs> like right now, I'm just, oh yeah, mm -hmm, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> You better stop that. You better stop calling me those names. <laughs> but that only happens in, on TV and in Hollywood. But I thank God that he gives me daily provisions. So I ask him, God, expand me. Help me, Lord God. Get, get the fog out of my brain sometimes. And then I, 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 lately I've been asking, Lord, help me. Give me the strength to be able to say no more often. Some of, us, some of you could say no in a heartbeat. It just doesn't bother you. Yeah, I'm serious. You could just, ah, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Some of you, you have that strength. I don't have it. People come up to me. I got like 500 things to do. Say, oh, yeah, could you do this for me? I go, 
oh, thank you, thank you. And meanwhile, I'm, I'm left offended, and that person, la, 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 he's going to take care of it. I feel like, <laughs> you know, and I feel like, I'm back here. of course, I do that in my mind, in my mind. <laughs> but I, I ask God, expand me, Lord. Give me strength in the areas where I lack. And you know, he does. Gives me strength. And, and so I, I praise God for this relationship that I have. My heavenly father, my shepherd, you know, I go to him, my heavenly shepherd, thank you. You are my Lord, my heavenly shepherd, and I have no need. All my needs are taken care of according to your riches in glory through Christ Jesus. In closing, one of these uh, preachers said that the Lord showed him a vision. And he saw a huge building. I mean, huge and you could not tell how huge it was. That's how large it was. And he's looking, and inside he sees everything. Two or three or four of everything. Everything. And then he asks God, so what's that? He says, that's my riches and glory. He says, when you pray, pray according to my riches that I provide for you according to my riches and glory. Because I have more than enough. Hallelujah. See, so in God, there's no lack. That's right. I, have, I really have no want. What I have is I want it done today. It's a difference. God will take care of all of our needs according to his riches and glory, but sometimes there are times and seasons. Sometimes you can't have something yet because it's not yet the season for it. Amen, amen, amen. Sometimes there are fruits and vegetables, but they're out of season. Right? Like we know there's a tree, a pastella tree, and pasteles only grow during Christmas. So, so we know that, right? <laughs> so it's, that's out of season. So you, you <laughs> that's not my favorite meat patties, you know. But the, the, the point I'm making is sometimes we want to rush God, and God is saying, You're not ready for it. Sometimes His blessings can't come to you now because you'll mishandle them. So He's preparing you so that when He hands a blessing to you, you'll be able to handle it. See? So we need to trust God enough that if I don't have it just yet, it's on its way, but it's coming at a right timing. Don't bother giving me a doctorate degree if I'm only in the third grade. I'm not ready to handle the stuff that comes with being a PhD just yet. Do you understand? So the Spirit of God knows us. He knows our limitations. He knows uh, the way we process things, so he gets things over to you as we can provide them. And then watch this. He processes us, matures us little by little so that we can grow to be able to shoulder it. All right? Give somebody who's never studied money, who's never handled a bank account of, let's say, a million dollars, give it to him or her and watch him squander it. First thing they'll do, money, yay, car, another car, lots of clothing, do a lot of dating, a lot of fun. After a while, nothing's left. And forget about the fact that friends and families and cousins and aunts and uncles will come after you once they find out you have it. So if you don't know how to handle money and somebody gives you a lot of money, that could be a curse to you. So you want a lot of money? Take a course. Get a degree in how to handle money. And then get a corresponding degree on how to handle family and friends. <laughs> before you get the money in your hands. 
Because once you get the money in your hands, you're going to have to learn how to say no, 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 no. Praise God. So say this with me. The Lord, the Lord is, my is my shepherd. I have no need. I have no need. All, of my needs All of my needs are met, are met according, according to his riches and glory, his riches and glory through, Christ Jesus. through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.